Good morning. My name is Tess Ehrenholtz. This morning, our scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Please follow along in your Bibles or use the screens. I'll be reading verse 23 from chapter 4 in the New American Standard Bible. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Tess. Well, good morning. My name's Julie Steele. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are continuing in our six-week series, Deeper in Christ, Further in Mission. We're focusing on the six affirmations that our denomination has chosen to identify with. Two weeks ago, we looked at the centrality of God's Word. Last week, it was the necessity of new birth. And this morning, it's affirming the whole mission of the church. Now, since we are part of the broader covenant denomination, we too at Evergreen, we affirm these same principles. They keep us connected to what we believe are at the core of the Christian church. If you haven't had an opportunity to pick up one of the pamphlets that's in the lobby about the affirmations to familiarize yourself with them, I encourage you to do that today. Well, each church seems to struggle with what the mission of the church is supposed to be. What did Jesus call the church to do? Now, when it comes to exploring what the church does, it seems like the debate centers on this one question. Is the church more about saving souls or personal transformation, or is it about meeting physical needs, which is cultural transformation? Should we be more focused on evangelism and discipleship, or focused on cultural renewal and social justice? Well, most churches tend to value one over the other, even though they say that we need to do both. So in your mind right now, where would you put Evergreen on that spectrum? As most of you know, I have been here for 40 years, and I have seen the pendulum swing back and forth on this issue over those years. And I myself personally have gone back and forth on what really is God calling the church to do? Well, depending on where you land on this, when someone comes in our door as a visitor, they're gonna have in their mind what they think the church should do. And depending on what they experience, they're gonna make a decision on whether this church is really in line with what they are thinking. I have heard complaints on both sides. I've heard people say, we're just too inward focused and too focused on discipleship. And I've heard others say, we are too focused on social justice. You just can't please everybody, can you? Well, asking the question, which of these is more important, is like asking which wing of a plane is more important. Clearly, both are needed. The covenant recognized that the church of Jesus Christ had to address both of these wings, personal and cultural, if they were going to be effective in holistic ministry. So affirming one or the other is only fulfilling part of the mission that Jesus gave to his church, us. 
Jesus' ministry was both and regarding souls, which is the spiritual, but also versus bodies, which is the physical. He himself was both by coming in the flesh to die for the sins of all humanity. Tess read us this verse in Matthew where we see Jesus doing both. But what I want to do is also show you the version in the message because it really fills out all of the implications of what Jesus did. I don't recommend using the message or other paraphrased Bibles as your sole study for the Bible, but they're great to use alongside the other versions. So we see here that from there he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth about God. God's kingdom was his theme, that beginning right now, they were under God's government, a good government. That's your personal transformation. He also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. Word got around the entire Roman province of Syria. People brought anybody with an ailment, whether mental, emotional, or physical, Jesus healed them one and all, and more and more people came, the momentum gathering. We see here that Jesus taught the truth about God, but he also healed people of their diseases and the bad effects of their bad lives. When the church does both, we are affirming the whole mission of the church. We see here in Matthew 28, this is known as the Great Commission. Jesus tells his disciples to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that he was given. That's personal transformation. It's about teaching the ways of God. And then in the book of Mark, we see what's known as the Great Commandment. We are to love the Lord our God, with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. And he says the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus takes all the commandments in the Old Testament and he filters them down to this one succinct sentence. Loving God and loving others, that's what will transform us. And then we see in Romans, these verses are about evangelism but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. So whether it's in another country or it's in our own neighborhood, we are all called to share what we know to be true. We don't make converts. Only the Holy Spirit does that. But our part, and it's not optional, is to share the gospel with whoever God puts in our sphere of influence. Now, I'm not talking about standing on a street corner with a big sign getting in someone's face, or telling people that they're going to hell. That's not evangelism, and that certainly is not sharing any good news with anybody. 
However, I'm talking about sharing your encounter with Jesus with anyone who wants to hear. And we see in Acts, all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. You see, as this early church was being established, they were very intentional about their personal transformation. They gathered together to learn, to partake in communion together. They were all about growing spiritually. And later in the book of Acts, we see that that personal transformation meant cultural transformation. Well, now let's look at the other wing of this plane, the cultural transformation. The church's role, we are told, is to be salt and light. It's not an add-on commandment. It's what we are expected to be and do. The renewal of this world and its culture has been a part of God's plan from the very beginning. You see, the whole story of Scripture, which is the whole story of life, is all about restoring heaven and earth to its intended state before the fall. When Jesus began his ministry, he proclaimed that the kingdom of God had come. But what did that mean? That did not mean what the people wanted it to mean. They wanted some political ruler. They wanted a new kingdom politically. They wanted to be free. However, what it meant was Jesus came to begin the process of reversing the effects of sin. He said that, it said that Jesus came to reverse the curse. This reversal is certainly spiritual, but it's also physical. It's about souls and bodies. This whole story that we see in Scripture is building towards the very end, which is complete restoration. I like how Andy Crouch says it in his book, Culture Making. In announcing that the kingdom of God was near, in telling parables of the kingdom, Jesus was not just delivering good news as if it was only concern was to impart some new information. His good news foretold a comprehensive restructuring of social life. The kingdom of God would touch every sphere and every scale of culture. That's more than personal transformation. The work of God in the world is about creating and promoting human flourishing. It's a holistic concern for the spiritual, moral, physical, economic, material, political, psychological, and social context necessary for human beings to live according to their original design. One of the early church fathers, Arrhenius, said it this way, the glory of God is man fully alive. One specific text that addresses this is in Jeremiah. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. 
and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. I think all of us might want to do the opposite. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. We find ourselves in Babylon. We live in a culture that is less and less a reflection of the kingdom of God and more a reflection of the kingdom of Babylon, which biblically speaking is thematic picture of a kingdom that is diametrically opposed to the kingdom that Jesus ushered in. Our response as worshipers of God and followers of Jesus is not to reject that culture or retreat from that culture, but to restore the culture. We should be informed about our community. We need to care about the needs of our community and work for the flourishing of our community. And not just to convert them, but because we genuinely care about them. You know, Jesus healed a lot of people. He knew who would and wouldn't follow him. He did not hesitate to heal people who ended up not following him. People's response is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to care for the needs of everyone. So how do we as individuals and as the body of Christ live out this both and mission of the church, the whole mission of the church? Well, our mission statement here says that Evergreen hopes to be a church where people can belong, become more like Jesus, and engage their faith in the world in a relevant way. Become more like Jesus. We, we need personal transformation. And engage our faith in the culture. We need to be culturally transformative. The church is in desperate need of faith and work integration. James talks about this. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, the one of, and one of you says to him, them, go in peace, be warmed and filled and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? You know, we are always saying, we send our thoughts and prayers, and I am not minimizing that encouragement or prayer at all. However, God is usually calling us to some form of action in addition to those prayers, and sometimes people are praying for a situation and we're the answer to that prayer. We need to be aware of that. And later in this chapter, James, the brother of Jesus, calls faith without works dead faith. Now, this isn't saying that our good works save us. That is not at all what I'm saying. But what it does say, that if our faith is real, if we are really becoming more and more like Jesus, we will naturally act more like him by caring for others. Our love for God will have us loving others. Some may still ask the question, 
Is cultural transformation really that important to the church? Aren't we supposed to make disciples and baptize? Well, I have two responses to that. What is the point of personal transformation? It's about restoring humans to what they were originally created for, and that was to be true image bearers who were created to create, rule, multiply, have dominion, and care for all of creation. Second, our work of cultural transformation is vital in setting the context and preparing people for personal transformation. Meeting physical needs opens the door to meeting spiritual needs. I've seen this to be true for myself. When I've invested in others, when I take a meal to a neighbor, or I just offer to listen to somebody and help them work through an issue, they have been much more apt to come back to me and ask me about spiritual matters. Now, I do want to address something that I call the Christian bait and switch. We are not salesmen trying to close a deal so that we can get a commission on every person who decides to come to church with us or converts. If we were meeting their needs for the sole purpose of conversion, our motivation is impure. Of course, we hope and pray that all people will come to know Jesus. Yes, that is the goal. However, if we are only concerned with their physical needs because that's what we want to see happen, then we are missing the point. That's not what Jesus did. So the whole mission of the church, personal and cultural transformation. The covenant denomination has six departments. If you go to their website and you click on the tab that says what we do, it will show you the different departments that they have. But two of them are make and deepen disciples and love mercy and do justice. Both wings of the plane. And I think that our local church here offers many ministries that handle both wings of the plane. I mean, I think about, you know, Bill with Operation Night Watch. You know, you are meeting the physical needs, which is changing a culture. I think of our care team. I think of our Bible studies that are meeting the personal transformation needs. What I want to see here at Evergreen is that we are intentionally looking to ministries to make sure we are balanced and doing both. I think about how we need to be ready for this next season that God is calling us here to so that we are engaged on both sides. This is not just a church challenge, though. We as members comprise the church. How are we individually being intentional about our own personal transformation? Being here right now is certainly one way. Joining a Bible study, setting time aside each day for prayer, those are ways to get personal transformation. Engaging in one of the ministries here and looking for ways to volunteer in your community, that will result in cultural transformation. Our church needs to affirm the whole mission, but we as individuals do too. Are you bent on one part of the mission over the other? 
Is it easier for you to go out and serve and stand for social justice issues? Or is it easier for you to study your Bible and have quiet time and, and work on that personal transformation? I think we all are bent one way or the other, but here's the thing. I think we all need to ask God where our deficit is and where we need to be focusing on maybe the other wing that's a little more uncomfortable for us. So if you are a disciple of Christ, then you are to reflect his glory in all creation for the good of creation, and that has us doing both the spiritual and the physical. So what we do as the gathered church in worship here, and then what do we do as the scattered church in the various places outside of these walls? I think it's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves today to see where we need to maybe push ourselves in a different direction and be really prayerful about that and expect God to give you an answer because as we leave today, we want to leave different than when we came here, right? So what I'm going to ask you to do is to stop for just a minute here. We're just going to maybe close your eyes for about 30 seconds, and I want you to really start thinking about and asking God, what is he saying to you right now? So that when you leave this place, you can continue that conversation. Let's just spend a few minutes in silence. Lord, we thank you for the mission you have given us, your church. You showed us by example how to bring transformation that restores through sound teaching and caring for the needs of your people. God, may each of us today have ears to hear and wills to obey so that we would engage in the whole mission, not just the part that we deem more important. We ask this in the name of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Lord. Amen.